Happy Valentine's. We hope that you've listened to our podcast on friendship and marriage. And for our other podcasts this month, we're going to replay five ways to connect in marriage. Mm -hmm. And this was our first podcast series that we did. And um, we really would like you to um, listen, even if you listened before, because we really recommend that every marriage look and evaluate where your marriage is at in these levels of um, intimacy, these levels of connection, and those being physical, uh, social, recreational, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. So we encourage you to listen to those. And um, last January and February of 2021, you can also go back and Um, listen to those two months as they're focused on relationship and especially on marriage if you would like to do that as well. We're Worley and Danina Kennedy. This is our first podcast for Redeemed Hearts Ministries and we're excited to do this today. A few minutes we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about intimacy and some important things about intimacy that we've learned uh, through mostly through our marriage, um, but a lot through some life experience and counseling. Danine, I think you're going to kind of get us going here. Well, that's true. It is our first one, and I think we're both excited and a little bit nervous at the same time. And um, when I think about uh, you, Worley, I just think about I love you, and I think about the fact that we love marriage, and we've been counseling for over 20 years, and we're really passionate about just counseling couples and um, helping them in their marriages. So, but even as marriage counselors, we would say that marriage is hard work, right? Uh-huh, very much so. <laughs> and it's usually because he's getting tired of me counseling him. Yeah, but you also. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You probably don't get tired of me counseling you. <laughs> probably need to do more of that. Uh-huh, that's right. Well, seriously, um, two becoming one and staying one doesn't occur naturally. So today we want to talk about um, five ways that we connect in marriage. Yeah, so let me give a little bit of background, and and I'll try to be brief here. I'm going to read a couple of things here, but just so that we start in the right place. God created man and woman to be intimate, to, to have connection, and that's going to be the real emphasis for us. It started when God created the man first and realized, uh, and of course, he already knew, but made known to us that for man to be alone was not good. And so what did he do? He created the woman, the woman to be his helper, mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't desirable that man would go through life alone, but that he would have somebody, a companion with him. Um, and so he did. He created woman for man, and if we were in Corinthians, we would say man for woman, but he created the two to have uh, what we will call connection. So say a little bit about connection. Well, another word that we might could use for connection um, in marriage is the word where he's been using, intimacy. And intimacy is really a person's ability to have authentic connection. It is to know another person and to be known. And I like to say it is into me see. And um, this requires a lot of time and communication. And I, don't you think in today's culture, or even in the 20 years we've counseled, 
um, couples, we see it that it's getting harder and harder for couples to stay connected. Yeah, because of what technology you think and technology helps us in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, it actually, if we're not aware of this, can can harm or make connection more difficult. Um, I think we, for whatever reason, have become more child centered focused in our parenting. Um, and so that, that when that happens, then the couple themselves have a harder time being connected. Um, we have to-do lists that we have to do. Every day we wake up. I know you and I well, talk. Let me about, tell you, Worley's to-do list on his all, phone is never ending. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I always have more to do in any given day than I have time to do. Mm-hmm. And, and there's seasons in my life where it's been more so than others. But I think people relate to that. Everybody has a lot to do and to keep up with. So that all affects our ability to connect with our spouse. In all of these areas. So, Worley, why don't you tell us what these five areas are? Yeah, so I'll tell them, and then you'll lead us into each one. We'll just take one at a time and cover them. But the five areas of, of, of connection or intimacy, first is physical. The second one is social, recreational. The third is intellectual. The fourth is emotional, And then the last one is spiritual. So let's break these down. Okay. So we'll talk first about um, physical intimacy or physical connection here. And when we hear the word, just the word intimacy alone in marriage, we normally think about sexual intimacy. As we should. (laughs) Yes. Um, And sexual intimacy is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's an important part of marriage that does not need to be um, neglected. Not at all. Don't <laughs> neglect it. Um, but we all, this is an area that every couple is going to usually need to grow in. Um, sometimes, I, I would say, in this area, it even requires, uh, we see in counseling being scheduled. You're talking about sexual intimacy. Sexual Cause intimacy. Because there's, there's more to physical intimacy than sexual intimacy. But we... We should address that because I think so often when people think of intimacy, this is what they think of is sexual intimacy. And so there's right. some things here that, you know, we're going to that you're going to bring up. So well, scheduled in a busy schedule, lots of stuff going on. Maybe I, you have to schedule it. I mean, I, we have found that in uh, marriage counseling. We found that at times in our life for that to be um, helpful in that area. Um, sometimes it's a matter of putting a lock on the bedroom door, something simple like that. Um, especially, other, yeah. I mean, you you're thinking little about little kids. kids. Yeah, you're thinking you just, you know, you you want to be be able to, you know, give yourself to each other at that time in that way. Right. Sometimes it requires just, you know, being more creative. And then other times it requires um, a lot deeper things, Um, really looking at, you know, possibly um, the deeper work of addressing an addiction to pornography or, you know, sometimes even sexual addiction or working toward healing that needs to happen. Uh, Many people come into marriage with wounds from, you know, past sexual abuse or even domestic abuse sometimes with the spouse where that affects this part of the relationship. It always requires a lot of communication. And this is usually something we're starting here because it's usually something people are uncomfortable even communicating about. You know, and it's something I think we learned early on that we wouldn't have known, but you need to talk about your sexual relationship. You need to be, you know, get through, get past the fact that it it, it can be difficult to talk about. 
Um, I, you know, to, to comment on the part about being scheduled, I think some people think, well, that gets kind of boring or, you know, well, there's no spontaneity in that. So why do you say that be scheduled? Well, I use this often um, in counseling when it comes to what you were talking about earlier about just the importance of connecting in, you know, physical ways, having that physical intimacy just by showing affection. So the, you know, kissing, holding hands, hugging, you know, cuddling on the couch while you watch a movie. Um, But often what happens, um, it, you know, one or the other of the partners uh, you know, feel like if, you know, you hold hands or your kiss, then that, you know, you're going to end up having to go the whole way. So whoa, then whoa, I don't whoa, even want to. Why do you say one or the other? <laughs> I mean, typically, isn't that the, the guy that that gets going and wants to go the whole way? Our kids are going to cringe when they listen <laughs> well, that's okay. to they this recording. Mm-hmm. Too, yeah. yeah, here we go. Anyway, on this, yes. So, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's probably going to go that direction. But I, I mean, it's it's the other way in cases that it's the female that's more physically or sexually driven. And I, it's important that you can have that um, touch and that affection and feel like that it can stop there, that you can enjoy that. I see many, many people who feel like I, I don't want to show any affection at all because you know, I, I have no time in the day, no energy, no thoughts towards this going any further. So Right. And then the other spouse, because they feel that way, they and if nothing's said, then then there's a pulling away that occurs and then then the sex never happens. Right. And so that's really the point of saying we're gonna you know, sometimes you may have to schedule it, but before you do that, you're talking about it and talking about uh the you know, what you want, the pressure that could be there, um, and so forth and so on. So it requires a lot of communication. I think the whole idea of scheduling, if this is an area you struggle in, that's just a simple kind of tool to sometimes help couples get over that hurdle where, you know, the one spouse knows this is going to happen, let's say, you know, once a week, this is going to happen on a you know, Thursday night, the other spouse knows, you know, we can have affection, we can cuddle, we can, you know, have that, you know, physical intimacy without feeling like I have to have the energy for that to go any further. So sometimes it alleviates a lot of anxiety on both sides. Right. And just because you, you do that for a little while doesn't mean that that is going to be the way it's going to be forever. It's something that as you become more healthy, then the spontaneity can right. resume again. Right. You know, but one one thing before we talk about the other important parts of physical intimacy on this area where there might be an, an, another factor that one of the individuals is struggling with, whether it be a past sexual abuse or whether it be a sexual addiction like pornography, that... You know, those are real and those can impact and they can be very painful. And so we we strongly urge um, someone to be able to talk to somebody about it. And maybe it is a, you know, a professional counselor if in talking to others about it or reading material on it isn't helpful enough. But the important thing there is you don't have to continue to be a prisoner you know, to that part of, of your life. And it's, it's in this, this area is important for a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is sometimes there's been infidelity in a marriage and uh, it, t- it takes some work um, to really 
work through and to be able to just feel like you can open yourself back up emotionally or physically to your spouse again. And so there, there's just a healing process that goes on here. Uh, but at, at a whole nother level, uh, one of the things that I, I think is just practical mm-hmm. is, um, I mean, do your kids see you just hold hands in the mm-hmm. car while you're driving somewhere? Mm-hmm. Do your kids see you, you know, give your spouse a kiss and greet them when they come in the door? I mean, I, I've had numerous people mm-hmm. over the years say, I just wish my spouse would act excited to see mm-hmm. me when I walk in the door, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, from work and that they would greet me. Or sometimes it's just, you know, the simple thing of don't sit in your two separate chairs, but cuddle on the couch while you watch a movie. Or- you know, isn't it interesting? You know, you and I have been married 30 years, but I can still walk in the door and you can, you know, and you don't do it every time I walk in the door, but you do it for very consistently. It still means something when you kiss me when I come in. I still notice it. I mean, it's not like it's something that just passes by it's that actual connection that touch that right. makes a difference and i think that says something about what what god's designed it for you know that nobody else is doing that and and shouldn't do that but when you do that it does you know make a difference and mm-hmm. i would think so i mean you put up a sign that said always kiss me good night <laughs> right right and so it, it makes a difference it does yeah So we've we've started with sometimes the hardest or most uncomfortable um, level of connection for couples to sometimes talk about here. Uh, we want to move on to social and recreational intimacy, and this this is an important one sometimes that we don't even consider or think about. But as a couple, we're you know we're asking you to think about: Are you social together? Do you? hang out with your friends or do you attend social gatherings together or do you kind of both go do your own thing with your, you know, your buddies, your girlfriends, but you very seldom are even social together. I mean, we went to dinner with a couple friend last week and it was, you know, good for us. We enjoyed that. Um, oftentimes we'll do it separately, but we, we enjoyed it because we were doing that together. So I, I think we're, we're looking at what do you do socially together. And then in this, we're also looking at, you know, hobbies, like are there things that you like to do or you enjoy doing together as a couple? Um, And I I, I mean, I I have known couples who this is, this has been such an issue for them that um, when they've shared their stories, uh, you know, with us, even some over the years, it's it's been very tied to just not having anything to do in their free time together that they enjoyed, and that over time that really impacted their marriage in some different ways. Yeah, so. if you think about this, when we were young and when we were first getting to know each other, this is the biggest part of our relationship. It's where we hang where, out. Yeah. yeah, where we did connect, and we had things that we found in common. And you know, we there's many things that you do and like to do that I either don't enjoy or am not good at. But but it's still 
it, it, it feeds something in us to have this time, that kind of time together. Well, and there are certain hobbies that take a long time, um, you know, to pursue, leaving very little time for what, marriage. What are you thinking of? As you well, think? I think about golf. Okay. And I mean, I'm not a golfer, so that's not a big yeah. one for us. But that's a, you know, yeah. anything like that, golfing, um, hunting could, fishing, um, and gaming. I mean, that's a big one today. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's a gamer, that, that tends to take a whole lot of time. And I mean, if uh, there's nothing wrong with these hobbies, no. I think they're good. It's yeah. healthy for us to have them. But if they're not kept in balance with that, I'm also investing in my marriage. Right. I'm also investing in time right. put into doing something with my spouse. Then um, that's going to lead to, you know, trouble probably on the horizon right. of that and so relationship. That, and that's, I mean, that's really the point here again, is that we we are talking about this area, social or recreational where you are intentional about making sure you have time. And you mentioned we went to dinner the other night with some friends. Well, I mean, that was accomplishing more than one thing because these are friends that you and I both enjoy being together with, but we also have individual friendship with them. Often I'll go to, go with the man to lunch and just really enjoy them, and you'll be with the, the wife and enjoy her. But then when we did it together, that just is something that, you know, feeds us together. Mm-hmm. So it's not something we're just isolated in. We're doing it together. Now, with all that said, I think it's probably important for Worley and I to say that this is probably our weakest point of yep. connection yep. in our marriage. And uh, part of that reason is because Worley's an introvert and I'm an extrovert. And I um, I like social gatherings. I like to get out and and go do things. I like to have people over. I mean, that's how I'm going to recharge. And how are you going to recharge? Well, and so, yes. And so I recharge by time alone or perhaps with Danina. Could be with Danina, my kids, maybe a close friend, but it's typically going to be, you know, know, either me or a few people where uh, I'm doing something that is, that is, more quiet. Reading. Reading. Right now you're doing what? Uh, I like puzzles. <laughs> yes. And I've kind of got on a kick here for a while. <laughs> I've got puzzles I haven't done before, so I'm working on those. Mm-hmm. Or watch but, sports you like to. Yeah. I, yeah. I have several that um, teams that I like to keep up with. That will, and those, So those are the kinds of things, yeah, that as an introvert tend to recharge me. We're going and being around a lot of people. Um, in a social gathering, I'm going to be a little more drained. Mm-hmm. And we still laugh today about the fact, I mean, this 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 showed up early in our relationship. When I first met Worley, we were in college in Southern California, and I came from Colorado. He came from Texas. And, you know, it, it was back then where I, I was wrote a lot of emails or letters home, um, more than could talk on the phone before cell phones. And one of the things that I wrote my family, and and they still remember and bring this up, is that I've met this guy from Texas. I could hardly understand his accent, but I really you know, thought he was cute. I liked him. Um, but I was a little concerned that he might be too boring for me. So that that showed up early on when we were dating. Yeah, because, and it's this area, because I wasn't the one who was out doing pranks. I wasn't the one who was, you know, instead of going to the, back to your room and 
in doing what I do and do your homework and work on schoolwork. <laughs> I wasn't out messing around and doing things like that. Just so you know, I had to go to the library to really meet him. And I'm not a library girl. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't had no idea why this girl was coming to the library, but I was impressed. <laughs> I thought she was wasting a lot of time by talking to me. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> Not doing my homework. And we almost didn't, we probably almost didn't make it because of this area. We almost didn't get started because because of this. And a matter of fact, when I when I t- called your dad and asked him for your hand in marriage, I, you know, we were in California, so I had to call him in Colorado. Um, one of the things he was concerned about was this thing that you said, I'm too boring. And so you, you corrected him on that, that I'm not boring. But as far as social and just going and doing social things, it's not something I'm going to gravitate towards. So I have to choose you and for you to go do social things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a, you know, a very lovely um, party that we were invited to several months ago. And you had said something to me ahead of time about going and I just kind of put it off. And then finally the time came and I was like, you know, wasn't really thinking about it and went begrudgingly. And 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 it really kind of spoiled the evening for you a, a lot. I mean, we had a, a good conversation after that, which I think you had to forgive me, right? Yes, I have forgiven you. <laughs> okay. But it's the kind of thing that if... Um, it's not going to be something I naturally do that I have to choose to do to feed this part of our relationship. And one of the things, uh, I mean, some of you out there are involved and have taken the Enneagram test. And so this, you'll understand this part, but I I mean, I'm one with the two wing. And when we were doing our training with a woman on the Enneagram, one of the things that she saw on our kind of marriage mapping was that the weakest area for Whirly was a seven. And as you all know, that are into that, a seven likes to have a lot of fun and are very social people. And um, my particular, I mean, being a one, uh, what I need to do just as far as growth and when I'm under a lot of stress or pressure is to go have fun. I need to relax because I tend to be an overworker, overachiever, and um, always trying to make things better. And um, so one of the things she said to Worley is, you need to take this girl to go have some fun. And so we laughed about this because even in that test, this all came, you know, back, back around there. One of the things we've talked about is what do we like to do together? Worley and I both like to travel. We like to see new things. Um, we we both like the outdoors and we like to hike and be in the outdoors, which is rather hard in the Texas panhandle. So we often... But we actually have found some places we can do that. We yes. just had to persevere to do that. Yeah. So uh, we've we've worked to figure out what this would look like um, for us in our marriage. And so I would just encourage you all, I mean, think about what your hobbies are. I mean, are they one-sided? I mean, does one of you have a lot of hobbies and the, you know, other just kind of keeps life going and moving? I mean, do you have any hobbies that you have together? I mean, can you figure out a better balance to all this? Um, where, you know, where do you need to die to yourself? I mean, I've over the years learned to die to myself by, you know, not planning a party or having people over on the weekend because Worley really needed the time to kind of recover and rejuvenate some for, you know, the week that's ahead. He's learned to die to himself some in um 
you know, letting me plan a party or have people over or planning a date for us to go out. When I was speaking years ago, I met a couple who were introvert, extrovert. And one of the things that they said they did constantly was um, went to a movie because the introvert didn't really have to interact with anybody, you know, got to accept his you know, spouse and the extrovert was able to get out of the house and go do something. So that, you know, that was a place that they came to as far as being able to make that work. And one of the things we'll talk about, you know, I, in, when we talk about the, the spiritual intimacy in as believers, I do believe that we, this is where we practice loving out of our weakness. This is where we go before the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I, I really don't want to go to this party tonight. And I'm honest with the Lord. I don't really want to do this, but Lord, give me what I need so that I can enjoy you and Danina by doing this. Mm -hmm. And invariably he meets me right there. And Mm -hmm. you know, you know that, I mean, everybody's going to think he's real boring and dull and so forth. I'm not. No, you're not. No. (laughs) And so I go to something like that and I actually, you know. People might think you're more extroverted than me, actually. Right. Sometimes. But the difference is it's it's not going to give me energy in the same way that it's going to give you energy. Right. So that's um, that's social recreational connection. Thank you again for joining us today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Worley and Danina or want to reach out and contact us, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Have a great week. God bless.